<laughs> oh dear. Um, I'm Rudolf Hucker, and unfortunately, I've just seen what was in the box. Hey, I'm your Harkness, and I'm just glad to be out of there. They never even cut air holes in that thing. They didn't put any cat litter in either, by the smell of it. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo. I'm Hoinker, and my thine have made the dots gone again. I'm Norma Snuckers, and I'm already wishing I had gone deaf. I'm Sandy Crevice, and I am not putting the chairs down again. You can just use your stepladder. Uh, right, so we have the Apology Officer back. Welcome back. Everything's normal again. Wait, where's Amelia? I'm here. Has anyone seen her? Hello, I'm right here. Ah, oh, well, not to worry, not to worry. I'm sure she'll be back any time now. In the meantime, let's crack on with the headlines. It's either Joyriders or Thargs really lost. Flossie goes over and above, and through, and under, and... Too Hot, Too Messy, Week 50 update. Big Cat Mix-Up as Galnet Rares goes raw. Atrus has a long one. That's it. No sniggering. He does. And it's coming up soon. It's oh, so quiet. Shh. Shh. Oops. Spoke too soon. Rumours this week that Tharg had finally found the second outpost of humanity, the galactic escape pod that is Colonia, have proven to be only partially true. Posting on the Galweb forums, Commander Tanith sent an emergency report to the galaxy, along with a video of what appears to be a frameshift anomaly, and experienced a number of shield bridge attacks before escaping to the next system. Concerned that the relative calm of Colonia was about to be disrupted and a new front opened in the Thargoid War, Hutton dispatched a news team aboard the Hutton Hot Bus, courtesy of King Hanky of Colonia, to investigate the happenings. Initial station logs show that there was indeed a Thargoid near Jack's station and it was attacking commanders that were exiting the station. In fact, there were two but one of them was a diamondback explorer with a hacked ship signature. Various Thargoid and human transmissions have been passed through the Translatortron 3000, a minor upgrade over the Translatortron 2000, as the new version understands Ouija, and we've pieced together the series of events leading up to this panic. An unknown commander, whether it be a prankster or panic-inducing member of the Just Stop Tritium eco-terrorist brigade, had hacked their ship transponder so that they identified as a Thargoid. System and nearby shipboard systems immediately identified the Diamondback as an anomaly and sent alerts to nearby stations, who promptly changed the music from Elevator to Oh my god, we're all gonna die! What the unknown commander hadn't reckoned with was on which space, which connects all points in the universe together by big portals, and when Tharg the Mighty's mighty communication monitoring team detected a Thargoid in distress, 
immediately opened a portal to the nearest maelstrom, which of course was an awfully long way away. Which space being which space though, the rescue team took no time at all. The Diamondback, still broadcasting its identity as identifies as a basilisk despite looking like a classic metrosexual Diamondback explorer, immediately became the focus of an incoming Thargoid scout ship, which, not knowing any better, decided the way with Diamondback was either one of Tharg the Mighty's mighty baby minions, or just a very confused teenage Thargoid. So it attempted to scoop it up to take it back home to Mum, or Dad, we're still not sure. Anyway, whoever it was who perpetrated the impersonation was taken away, back through a witch space tunnel, and is probably being force-fed meta-alloy soup and put to bed. This is a reminder to all pilots, please do not tweak your ship transponder to appear as something you're not, especially if that something attracts anti-xeno wings, Thargoid response units, and ends up with you getting a probonation from the humans, or bedtime songs from Tharg the Mighty. Your eardrums just are not equipped for that, and you don't want to know at all what happens when Tharg tries to change your nappy. Hutton Orbital Truckers are known for leaping to the rescue when any distress call is received, no matter what the distance, no matter what the danger. Which is of course what happened this week when Flossie received a panic call from one Commander Andram. Well, she didn't struggle with McKeague did, but he relayed it on all channels. Message read as follows. Looking for a mad lad with a fleet carrier, I did a cardinal sin. I left a bubble without a mug. I was wondering if anyone has a fleet carrier coming to Sagi and would be willing to drop off a mug to me. You will have my forever gratitude. Remember, don't be like me, grab your mug before you leave. Now, being neither a lad nor mad, well, not yet. Flossie ignored the message but, looking at the map and the peril of a trucker in a bit of a situation, stuck her virtual hand up and leaped into action. Flossie's transcripts reads as follows. I confirmed that I, Flossie True, had a carrier at El Procon Centauri, orbiting Hutton Moon and later that day asked if a mug was still needed. He replied he did on 10th of July. Realising Andron was still somewhere from Sagittarius A, I did wonder if the commander who was apparently there already with a hold full of mugs might be in a better position to supply one. I didn't think there would be a need for a carrier anyway, as it could all be done with collector limpets. I went away to play Beat Saber and suddenly felt extremely mean. I realised I'd often flown further than that to throw some fuel limpets at somebody, so surely I could do the same with a mug. Only instead of flying all the way, I could take my carrier. It, I wasn't sure if I had enough tritium, but I decided I could always mine it if I needed any more. being seamless. Well, at this point, I'll step in. Anyway, having beaten up half the galaxy in Beat Saber and realised there was probably enough tritium in a character, carrier even, Frosty decided the most truckerish thing to do would be to help, given that the commander had been without a hut mug for at least two days and was at risk from mods. Her next update to Hutton HQ reads... 
The idea at the time was that I would make my way towards his location and hoped he would also head towards me so that it could meet in the middle somewhere. And Don told me he was at Hypofly XF-MD8-11520 and said he did not have collector limpets. Oh well, I hoped he was good at manual scoping. Or maybe we could land on a planet. I initiated the first jump in his direction shortly after 6pm that evening and got as far as Kylorb's DNWC17-2910 before logging out for the night shortly after 1am. I had not heard any more from Andron and noticed he was still in the same system by the squad membership information. He did message me that he was going to work to try to work his way to me that night. By now I realised I would not make it any much further as my tritium was extremely low, but would get as far as I could and kept updating my location on Discord. Whereupon she realised that Andran hadn't moved. Had they been struck down with mods? Were aliens aboard their ship doing unspeakable things to them without the aid of a Hutton mug for protection? However, Flossie being Flossie, she decided to stay put, and of course ensure that in her enthusiasm, she hadn't bitten off more than she could chew. Next transmission follows. At that point, I said I would stay where I was until I had mined enough tritium to get back to Colonia, which would hopefully give him a chance to reach me in the meantime. There was a ring in the system I was in, but I went in search for some better ones. Finding a decent icy ring in a system close by, I remotely jumped the carrier to give to, to me and gave the new location on Discord. Dryoi Prue XX-BC29-1505. By now I was really regretting my decision to do this journey, especially as it seemed I was the only one doing the travelling, and wondered what had possessed me. Then I got a message from Deadmeat GF asking where I was and saying he may bring a fleet carrier with tritium to me. I really didn't want to inconvenience anyone having got myself into this mess and deciding I should get myself out of it. However, he told me, I prefer to think of it as something fun to do. So why would I stop him? After all, I had thought delivering a mug would be a fun thing to do but wasn't anticipating that the person wanting it wouldn't move in the meantime. I used Spanish to plot my return route and get an idea of how much tritium I would need. Only realising later that as tritium was added, the heavier the carrier got and the more would be needed to complete the route. Initially, I thought I was looking at 963 tonnes, which would mean me filling the aconda I was using and I was using for mining five times. Meanwhile, nothing had been heard from Andrew. Were they drifting, mugless and desperate? Or were they a dastardly do-wrong intended on leading truckers astray, the siren of legend luring radio presenters to their doom? Next day, I was told that Chucklefook, one of Deadmeat's clones, was on the way to me. To me, he had spent the evening buying a carrier, filling up with tritium, and hoping to arrive with enough to get his boat to a half decent supply. He had bookmarked a route and was working his way to me between jobs at work. 
It's been a fun distraction between jobs and we're about halfway now, we said. As there was no radio show that Thursday last week, <laughs> due to a shortage of presenters and button pushes, I went out to make a start on the tritium mining, but progress was slow and I didn't get much. Later the next day, I found the fairies had been. I suddenly had a lot more tritium and a message from Deadmate GF saying he had sold me a cutterful. A few more followed so that I had more than enough to get back to Colonia. On Friday afternoon, Andron sent a message on Discord. I'm way behind. This week is bad for me. If I miss the boat, it's understandable. I decided to remain where I was at least over the weekend in case he had some time off work then. Not wanting to use the tritium I now had on going any further, I decided to fly towards his system in my ASP-X, as it was only 35 jumps away and arrived there shortly before 1.30am on Monday morning. I landed on the planet and was going to wait until he had a chance to get online sometime. Sounds like wishful thinking to us, but as it was plenty of crochet to do, tritium to mine, and of course biological things to poke with a dizonator, where are we to judge? On Monday evening I realised I did not yet have the system map, so took off to use the FSS and also use the DSS on the planet before going into land again. I'd had a few problems with my wireless connection dropping fairly frequently and I can't remember if I disconnected before landing or if I did manage to land but when I logged back in my ship was floating, pointing nose down to the planet. I continued to move down to the surface remembering that gravity was a little high and trying to approach carefully. At this point Flossie decided that the system was looking entirely too untidy for a rendezvous and, in typical style, decided to give it a bit of a spring clean, which involved moving the moon's orbit, flattening a nearby mountain and using her ship to scrape up all the piles of dust lying around on the surface. Not sure what went wrong, but next thing I knew my ship crashed onto the surface, exploded and I lost all the cartographic data I'd collected on the way, as well as the small supply of five mugs and five gin I had with me. I took the re-buy and was redeployed. at a surly's rest in Redentia. So there I was in Redentia, my carrier was still in the middle of nowhere and Andron was still in the same system as when I first started. I sent Andron a direct message in Discord explaining what had happened and if he wanted a mug he would have to come to Colonia for it. <laughs> Meanwhile I would have to remotely move the carrier back and then meet it at the point it ran off to Tritium to transfer more. Of course at this point most commanders would have given up gone home and wished Andra good luck, maybe with two fingers, or a big moon at the front of the ship, but not Flossie. I then got a reply from Andron. I'm sorry, my week has been insane. No downtime. I owe you a huge one. I got called out all weekend for a major PC outage. I do appreciate the effort though, I do owe you a huge one. Once again I felt bad and made the decision to fly out to the carrier and either wait there again or fly on to his system again. 
only this time find a planet possibly in a neighbouring system with a lower gravity and possibly a nice atmosphere. Currently 50 jumps remaining to reach the carrier and we'll see how things are after that. Space madness isn't a symptom of mods is it? Next day I did the final 50 jumps and thought I might as well carry on after picking up more mugs to take. <laughs> on arrival I flew to another system just over a light year away and found a planet with atmosphere to land on, also with five biological signals to find. I let Andrew know where, he, where I was and last night, Wednesday, he was able to get online. Winged up and we met up on the planet. I've dropped two mugs so that you have a spare. He then took off and I stayed there, intending to explore the biologicals the next day. Whereupon Flossie was attacked by a rabid ventricular and had to use the emergency medical kit stored in her asp. I'm glad we fi were finally able to meet up, even if it did cost me a rebuy on my aspects and meant me making the journey twice, second time entirely by ship. But it was worth it in the end when Andron took off really happy and grateful. He said he wanted a mad lad in his original request and ended up with a mad lady. Would I do it again? Yes, of course I would. Back at Fort Mug, a supply of really good drugs, some soft music, and of course a big medal await Commander Flossie. After all, that's what truckers do, right? After 50, 50, 50, 50 weeks, or 11 and a half long months, the too hot, too messy event, the Hot and Lead Initiative to deliver a Hot and Mug and Centauri Migogen to all the stations of the galaxy has recorded almost 85,000 deliveries. Weekly numbers have been down for a couple of weeks with less than a thousand mugs delivered last week and the four weekly average has dropped to around 1,100 deliveries a week. Two new commanders joined in the effort in the last couple of weeks, taking the numbers signed up to 294, who were spread across 96 squadrons. Hutton still has the largest contingent with 93 commanders, who have delivered collectively almost 46,000 mugs. The Buckyball Racing Club are in second place, having chalked up their 5,000th mug. The Wingers Rs are static in third on 3150, but haven't added any mugs to their total in a month. The Paladins are in fourth, closing on, on 2,000. The Order of Twelve of over 1,600 in fifth, and the Anti-Zena Initiative have continued their push to take sixth from the Burpit, who are now seventh. Also continuing their push are Elite Dangerous NZ, who have moved up two places into eighth, pushing the Satyria according to ninth and the Undead into tenth. Membership of the 1,000 Club remains at ten squadrons. Commander Chix is still leading the deliveries table with over 13,000 mugs delivered. Waller 81 is second with over 10,900 deliveries, ahead of Nem in third with 6,500. Shea Blackwood is in fourth with over 4,900, ahead of Infinite Dreamer in fifth, who is closing on 3,100 mugs. Talkie Mouse is in sixth, ahead of LDSK in seventh, and Border Reaver is established in eighth place, and Sinister Hedgehog has moved ahead of Risa Lang to take ninth. Dark Virtual is the 14th member of the 1000 Club, but hasn't added any more to their total. Of course, we know all this because it's tracked live in the Too Hot, Too Messy event page in the Hutton Helper. 
There's also a chance that we'll win a real-world, not a rip-off from Redbubble, ballistically delivered dishwasher safe self-cleaning, so that you don't have to, hot and mug. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in the weekly Thursday-Thursday period will be entered into next week's draw to win a real hot mug, unless, of course, you already have one. 49 lucky commanders have accomplished this so far, and you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commanders table. The previous two weeks mug winners were Devant Jar and M Grey, so keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. If you delivered 10 mugs and gin in every week since the start 11 months ago, you'd have racked up at least 500 deliveries and only 27 or 1 in 11 of signed up commanders have achieved this. If you haven't, why not give it a try and share the burden for the next four years. In order to join in the fun, you'll need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, and then your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antarius's organic, non-GMO, soya-fed, local restaurant, replicant hamsters, which might not be able to pass a void camp test. Hey, but using their very special set of skills, they will hunt you down and they will find you. Button Orbital is known for its love of four-legged friends. The kind with a fluffy belly, loving attitude and cute paws. And with Amelia's penchant for finding the galaxy's most rare things, it's no wonder that the combination of the Galnet Race Digest and her innate truckerishness led to this week's panic attack at the station. Searching through the old worlds of populated space using a space trader's guide that's over 30 years old, Amelia found reference to a world that sported fat black felines. Being a cat person, it was impossible to ignore, and after the digital equivalent of astroarchaeology and more than a little complex problem solving, which included some trigonometry, some quantum theory and a little bit of guesswork, Amelia landed on the planet in search of her very own fat black feline only to discover that the planet might have been known for the fat black variety of cat, but in reality the settlers worshipped all kinds of cat. Hairy ones, hairless ones, big ones, small ones, ones that make pairing noises. If you can say at it and end up looking like you've been self-harming in the forearm department after the friendly encounter, this world has them. And of course, they're rare. All of them. The Dysoan one-eyed bald cat, the striped Tianisla feral cat, the serval cat from Earth, they've got them all. So, looking through the catalogue of potential rescues from the cat orphanage and adoption centre there, she picked a lovely Bengal kitten, Mooncake, definitely not the destroyer of worlds. A cutie little thing with cream fur, with stripes, that spends 90% of its time asleep. Wait four weeks, and in a day of excitement over at the orbital, Mooncake arrived. It turns out that there was a little bit of a mix-up. Mooncake isn't a Bengal cat. Well, she is. Technically. If by cat you mean tiger. Yep, Amelia had intended walking around a lead. Yep, she'd bought a litter box. Nope, neither of them are large enough. Neither are her quarters. Neither are the food supplies. The Momus Bog Spaniel Detachment have filed Mooncake not under Bark a lot when she sits by your window grooming herself, and instead put her in the category of Nope. 
Mooncake, meanwhile, hasn't realised that she's not as tiny as she thinks she is, and is taken to sleeping on people's laps in the bar. They don't dare move. They, they, they've seen the size of those claws. If you visit the orbital and are approached by a Bengal tiger, remember the safe word. It's Chukiti. Otherwise, you might just find out what Mooncake, Destroyer of Worlds, does if she's unhappy. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest updates on the Thargoid War. After weeks of successes for humanity at keeping the Thargoids at bay, yay, or maybe time, leaving us with nothing but alerts this week, amazing work again done by our illustrious Hackswing pilots. Aren't they lovely? Helping the Mode Alliance, or maybe M-O-D-E, and fellow Axe, or maybe AX squadrons keep the Thargoids at bay, clearing all of last week's alerts. Many systems have also been reclaimed from the Thargoids, showing how well humanity was adapted to the new Thargoid tactics and ships, those nasty little glaives. Humanity can rest a little easier every week, knowing the threat the Thargoids pose is now being kept in check, and the effectiveness of humanity's strategy is giving the AX and the Axe communities the lift it needs after this nearly eight-month-long war. My goodness. I'd like to introduce a new segment to my updates in which we profile a member of the MODE, or possibly Mode Alliance, for which Hutton has been proud to be part of. We'll learn about their history and how they've been fighting and adapting to the war with the Thargoids. This week, I have the distinct honour to be introducing you to PDES, or possibly PDs. The Post-Disaster Evacuation Service, PDES, or PDs, is a dedicated rescue squad founded in May 3305, goodness that feels like a long time ago, by squadron leader Nimmo. I wonder if his first name's Derek. Anyway, circumstances left him unable to run the squad he created and the responsibility fell to coordinator Phil P. Or is that P-H-I-L-L-P? I can't remember. Anyway, he's been the squad's de facto leader ever since. Lovely, lovely person. The squad has played a part in every Thargoid and terrorist attack from the time of its formation, rescuing passengers from burning stations in ships engineered for capacity and, of course, cool running. When fleet carriers became available, the squad embraced them, gave them a lovely hug for the ability to store ships and equipment that could be rapidly transported to invasions. Although Thargoid attacks varied in their intensity, well, sometimes they're rubbish and sometimes they're really rubbish. Anyway, I digress. They did not deviate from the hit-and-run approach until the maelstroms arrived. This completely changed our logistics. We were no longer evacuating to rescue ships in the same system. Our ships had to be capable of transporting refugees up to and over 200 light years away, which required a complete rework of our fleets, probably with extra toilet capacities. Anyway, for the first time, Thargoids were not just invading human space, but occupying hundreds of systems, which changed our whole approach. Already occupied territory poses an extra risk when travelling. 
nasty Thargoids, eh? With high predictions automatically hostile and Thargoids gaining the ability to interdict, it adds a new dimension of danger for ships that are largely yeah, unarmed. Tactics for dealing with or evading them had to be discovered. With the previous attacks, the various jobs involved were more separated. A bit like my vocal cords right now. <laughs> we and others had rescued passengers while the AX or possibly AX pilots fought Thargoids and a delivery squad to be waiting for the invasion to be repelled before going in to repair the damage with spanners. Now we combine our efforts simultaneously and are more coordinated with more communication between us. Previously, only large stations were attacked, but now all ports are at risk. Sounds dangerous to me, which has caused some of us to have different ships engineered depending on landing pad size and distance. Other changes to how we work include new jobs like mopping up afterwards, salvaging, tissue sampling, picking up all the dirty tissues and restoring power to settlements in Thargoid controlled systems, which again require modification and engineering. Some of us are fighting Thargoids now, even if it's only scouts and revenues. I remember, I mean, only scouts. I remember when scouts were terrifying, but no, it's only scouts now, while others are going further and fighting interceptors. Those are bigger. Our strategies evolved from initially saving what we could as we've learned more about how the Thargoids expand and attack. Without that knowledge, we could not develop a wider strategy than simply doing the job in front of us. You always do the job in front of you. Now we have a long-term plan. Now while the AX or possibly Axe pilots fight to reclaim territory that was taken from us, we're stopping alerts and invasions from becoming new Thargoid territory. So between us, we curtail the expansion at both ends. Sounds kinky. As we are a non-combative squad, some may ask why this is so. Why are we so invested in the war beyond our rescue operations, concerning ourselves with strategies beyond our mission statement and working with Axe or AX and delivery squads? The answer is simple. For almost five years, we've been waiting for the war to go somewhere, as opposed to the game of galactic ping-pong. If you listen to the wrong people, it's also whiff-waff. Anyway, it's been so far with neither side getting anywhere. Whatever the reason for the Thargoid occupation of so much human territory, maybe they're looking for the Centauri Megajin. Anyway, it represents a situation moving on. If not to a resolution, then to whatever the next stage is. What a lovely introduction to an amazing squadron. Please listen in next week as we destroy Vantan's vocal cords with an enormous section in the news by Atrus5060 and of course introduce another member of the Mode Alliance. Back to business. Hexwing, or maybe H-A-X-Wing, your orders for this week will be to prevent the invasions of the following <coughs> systems. HIP-19157, HIP-20890, HIP-20527, lots of an awful lot of HIP, HIP-20899 and HIP-20491. I hope you were taking notes. Anyway, FTM Hexcom is located in the HIP-18843 system to help in the defence of <clears throat> HIP-19157. Let's get out there and show the Thargoids there's no place for them in human space. 
for the mug. Much like weeks of late, you could argue that there is bugger all of much interest going on in Hubble space. But then where have you been, you fool? There are all sorts of nonsenses going on. Eight systems are on the naughty step and we have two systems on the blink. One very thirsty and another one feeling, well, a bit weak. More on those stories coming up. Lining itself up to snaffle another station, 36 Ophiuki has not just lowered itself to 30 to claim this week's wooden spoon, but is also making cow eyes and shouting, Hail! Hail! Hoping that the Sol Workers' Party will be lured into another war and receive another good drubbing in return. Before barfing up another starport to Hutton, truckers are asked not to go playing Gooseberry. We have to go a whole four points to 34 to find our second to last system, Ross 671, where two wars are locking up the next four placed factions and with it half of the system's influence. Infrequent visitors of the Zone of Shame, Hankhole is joined on 37 by a run of poor form, LP525-39, where an election between second and third is locking up a third of system influence. Having finally stalled in its point-a-week upward trend, notoriously hard to move, Epsilon India's finally succumbed to altitude sickness on 38, where the system is now acclimatising before considering its options. Finally, three systems, Stein 2051, Epsilon Eridani and Hill Parsi are keeping each other company and perched on the very edge of the naughty step on 39. And you'll have noticed that none of them are Barnard's star. Epsilon Eridani also has an outbreak, so ship medicines into the large pads and make sure that you play your part in holding the system's health services to ransom. We have an infrastructure failure in both Wolf 359 and PSPF-LF2, and if you want to help out and make a killing, prioritise Wolf 359 when you deliver your water purifiers, power generators and food supplies. The failure in Alpha Centauri was cleared during the week. The gin must flow. Barnard Star couldn't quite get itself into a very crowded naughty step this week, but parched throats earn it a mention as a drought is in effect. Its largest utility supplier finds itself billions in debt and its chief executive has tried to solve the matter by paying themselves a massive bonus and then quitting to spend more time with their pension and share options before moving to Epsilon Indy where the oceans aren't full of untreated sewage. Shipping water supplies to prevent an appearance in the zone of concern next week. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have no fewer than seven systems on or above 60%, one of which is over 70. So priorities this week are if you want to truck something, and yes, of course you do, you do, don't you? Yes, you do. Relieve the infrastructure failures in Wolf 359 and PSPF-LF2, relieve the outbreak in Epsilon Eridani, and relieve the drought in Barnard Star. I think I've done myself a bit of an injury. Well, that was seamless. Oh, <laughs> my, my goodness. My, Mr. Acres. Wolf, what a croaky voice you've got. 
Yeah, but there, might, there might have been a semen article too, but I don't think anybody noticed. I don't think anyone I, I noticed. May, I may have to lubricate myself. Well, I certainly never noticed. <laughs> anyway, right. Well, as there was no Frontier live stream this week, we're going to skip on to the next. Whoa. What? What? Whoa. No. It's supposed to be every no. four months or something. Yes. Yes. Come on. Anyway, you'd be delighted to know the next one is on the 17th of August. Oh, yeah, right. What year, though? Exactly. They didn't say. 330 something. Oh, actually. No, that would be 330 Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you saw it because I'm sure I saw you in the chat. I did pop in at the very start to say I saw hello. That. Hello. But I was I was rescu rescuing mum at the time. Um, ready to did go you... on Holly Bobs tomorrow. Anyway, you... so there was a Frontier live stream. Wow. And it was half of Sally. It well, was. It was half V Sally, I think. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, I can't tell when they're joking, but I did think if it if if she'd had one of Flossie's pans at one point. It was a bit tense, wasn't it? The, the, well, <laughs> I, I did wield my pan at one point. Oh, I don't you know did. If missed it in the chat. I told oh. them to behave. <laughs> well, it, it, anyway, <clears throat> so, it, so there was I a Frontier think... live stream and they, they did the, the, the usual introduce themselves, talk about the stream, talk <clears throat> about the new drops they've got, which we've got some too at the moment. Did, did you uh, did you did you pick up on the uh, the bit of advice, the pre-show advice? Of course, we, we, we offered the same advice before every one of our shows, which was... What's something you, else? Are you sitting up straight and not farting? <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but I did skip I'm the beginning. I, and, and if no, if nobody believes me, just watch the first two minutes of the stream. Well, I, I missed that because Flossie said, "Oh, the live stream's on." About fourteen minutes after it started, so I got to the juicy bits only, and not not the not those naughty bits. Um, but anyway, they. Um, they, they had a bit of banter. They talked about um, oh, all sorts of bits and pieces. Now they've got um, they, well, actually, there's summer pjs uh, are we are we are we able to show the summer pjs well we, yeah we can we can talk about those there were quite a lot actually i think there were four um and the summer paint yeah. jobs are called are they i imagine it's at some point solar they'll, blast they'll, they'll or something on the screen some flash so there was a chieftain corvette which let's be you know we yeah you do got a lot for the corvette well, well, I mean, Arthur yeah. does love his chieftains, doesn't he? He doesn't. I know, like but it's the... usually a, an asper, an anaconda. Yeah, or there's an, there is an anaconda. There's so, one for an anaconda. Yeah, that's the that's, 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 that's the red version. But it's nice to see that they, you know, doing paint jobs for not not the usual, you know, the cobras and the you know, stuff. yeah. And um, as usual, one of them is the giveaway that you can get from almost any stream, and three of them are the giveaways you get from the the proper partner streams, like what we is. Yeah. Like what we are. Yeah. So if, if you is if you is watching it, yeah. If you is watching it right now, then you're you're probably earning some drops. Some lovely, pretty drops. Yes. I'm if you've not. been watching from the start, you'll have earned too. No, I haven't been watching from the start. I haven't had any yet. Oh. oh no, mine's count. No. You need to be watching. You need to actually have the um, in your browser. You need to have Twitch oh, yeah. as the front. You need to have it at the front. I yeah. just I just claim my anaconda solar burst. Yeah, Chieftain Solar Burst simply for watching any stream, and Anaconda Solar oh, yeah, and the Conda Solar Burst after watching thirty minutes of us. Yeah, so you and should. Which, to be just... honest, after thirty minutes of us, yeah, you, no, you need a medal. Oh, there we should be halfway through your Corvette Solar Burst. Oh, also, also known as one one, one uh, Atrus article about thirty minutes, isn't it? Just to make a point, if you're ever claiming any kind of Twitch drop, you have to have the Twitch. As the top page, you have to actually 
Yeah, you can't leave it muted yeah. in the background in yeah. cheaty pants. You're waiting yeah, you to, have um, to be watching yeah. Twitch. Yeah. Do you? Although yeah. watching it on your mm. phone while your phone is somewhere else also works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Does having having Twitch on one browser on something else on another browser work? No, it's fine. Having Twitch in one tab of a browser and dragging that tab off so it's its own separate window works, as long as it's not a background tab. Well, there you go. It's worse for me because I was was playing the game all afternoon while I was watching it and it all all registered. Anyway. So, Um, so yes, you get get drops and they all look stripey. Quite I mean, they're not lot. as flowery as the flowery ones, but they're long and stripy. They, they look like sort of the, the 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 nose of the ship of the rising sun or something, you know, with the beams coming out the, the from the nose of the ship out backwards. Um, anyway, but there's there's some update dates as well coming. So the first one we know about is dun, 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 uh, Monday. Well, they said maybe Monday, but plans might change. Mm-hmm. Did they say which Monday? There's something, there's something in the world of Elite Dangerous that hasn't changed in an awful long time. Is and it, it is hairline? Yeah, possibly. Um, but he was talking about whether he was going to take his beard off and stick it on top of his head. But that that's <laughs> another part of the stream. Um, well, no, apparently the ED launcher is going to update next week to something new. Now, what that means, uh, we don't know what something new means, whether you can launch your solo and whatever from there, or it's just new pictures. They said they would make it easier to link to things, was the sort of Maybe your account, or your your arcses, or your... um, Maybe well, it's easier to use on a Steam Deck because well, it is a bit jobby on the Steam Deck. We could deck. speculate until Monday or just just, just well, Monday it's better at managing multiple accounts. Is, yeah. 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 So anyway, look for that next week. Then they were talking about. Oh, dead, um, dead meat's got it. It'll be boobs. Boobs, always boobs. Um, um, U sixteen. U sixteen is being it... launched on. U... Is that another U boat? Update sixteen. With stuff. Now, they didn't tell us anything about what stuff is in Update 16, but apparently Update 16 has stuff. Well, the annoying thing is, he keeps sort of saying, oh, yeah, and every time I leak something, I get into trouble. And you're trying to remember from a month ago what he actually said about anything. You think, oh, what what did he leak? (laughs) So he keeps saying he's leaking stuff, and I've got never a clue what he's actually leaked, which is good in a way, I suppose. What? I suppose, yes. <laughs> anyway, they're not going to leak I anything. That, I suppose so, yes. If you followed <laughs> any of that. They're not going to leak anything until the 17th of August, mm. which is a whole 17 days later, because by that point, everything will have been leaked already because you'll actually have update 16. Canon will have found everything, and somebody will be moaning that there isn't a Panther Clipper in it. And somebody, somebody else moaning. will be moaning that they have to do all the HCS voiceback files again. Uh, well, I'll be on holiday, so it's tough. Um, anyway, but they then spoke about the issue tracker. Now, there seems to have been some misunderstanding in the chat because what they were talking about is things they're closing on the issue tracker, not things that are coming in on Monday or with, well, potentially not with um, update 16. So they said they were going to be closing the anti aliasing ticket. Now, tickets. tickets. 34,000 of them. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they've suddenly found that amazing fix for the anti-aliasing, but basically it's got as good as it's going to get, and um, they're closing them, and if there's new stuff after update 16, you could always open a new one. Um, they're also closing the ticket about the black screen on game shutdown, which it happens occasionally to one or two people, but they're closing the ticket. 
because they've gone as far as they can get. And they said they're happy to support anybody that's got an individual problem and they can ping a support um, ticket over or they can raise another one on the issue tracker. Well, what they really asked for was, can you give us specifics? Can you... It's, it's no good telling us, oh, my graphics are rubbish. Um, can you be a bit more specific and say why you think your graphics are rubbish? Uh, and, and don't and just in, scream DLSS at them all the time. in which yeah. circumstances? It, is it when you're orbiting a planet? Is it when you're opening a crate? Is it any... You know, if you're looking under them, the cockpit, if you're anaconda, the exactly. wires... If you can give yeah. as much information as possible so they can actually narrow down. Because if you say graphics are rubbish, the ticket will just get closed out with graphics improved. And nobody's yes. gonna nobody's gonna get well, anywhere. you know it, we can always have a look i'll tell you what we'll mention um um ecm later but um kev uh, commander blastard who is the second in the world at cqc with his full motion vr rig that he's re 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 redesigned anyway he's now running that in 8k vr hang on a minute so so we're, we're only getting the second best in the world so well yeah i don't know what happened to the who, first one but i think who's he, doing he, the bookings they're the only two people playing CQC anymore, so I think they swap between the two of them. Anyway, but he's he's actually using an 8K VR headset, so we can always go and use the 8K one and say, well, is it still bad in that then? <laughs> or you could just go, oh, my God, wow. Um, whichever, you know. Um, and then get shot. Yeah. Anyway, they, they, they then, having done the issue track a bit, they had a bit of a tiff because they were talking about events and um, sort of... They they started talking about PitCon, also known as the the Burcon PitCon Burr Pit uh, event in September, and then um, Arthur went, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to that one." And Sally went, "Oh no, we're not." Were you one and, of those people who said in the chat like, "What just happened?" Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and Sally said, "Oh going? no, we're not." And then Arthur went, "Oh, um, yeah, but it says it here in the paragraph." And Sally said, "No, we're not." Wink. Um, anyway, but then they handed back over to Sally, and Sally said, "Yeah, we're going to Burkon." You know, Pit when you Con. go to somebody's house, and after you know, you suddenly you sort of sense that there's an atmosphere, something's been done or said or not done, or they both said that we're in the same outfit. Oh, or whatever. Well, yeah. yeah, and you you're sitting there thinking, mm, mm, "What's going down here?" Then it was a bit like that, wasn't it? It was like it was. Should, so, should we leave? I mean, they either are or are not going to to Burr Pit Pitcon Burcon. They are. Um, well, they I think are. You, you probably knew that before they said anything that they either were or were not going. Yes. So, Sick but box. then they also mentioned that so they're going to all of the events. They're going to ECM and they're going to Pitcon. Yay! They're coming um, to Dave Con. Yay! It's not Dave Con. It's ECM. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and a bit more on ECM in a bit. But um, so, having had their tiff, I think they all made friends, and they did some stellar screenshots. Well, they needed um, to by the second half because they were both sat on the same sofa, so that would have been awkward. Yes, there were some <laughs> elbows, and um, anyway, but then they um, they, they did a, a little video from uh, from us over at HCS, which was of the XF Bio bit, and then switched while they had a quick scene change to Beetlejuice drawing exobiology plants um mm. talking about how she likes curves not straight lines and um how she wanted to get the uh the uh, arc of the rings just right because they were very very faint and how she was not putting things on because they're a smudge but it basically if you haven't watched any of beetle jude's drawing uh videos please do go and have a look at them because they are absolutely fantastic and she's going to be doing it live at ecm yep mm. um so what else? What was what was next on the list? Anybody? Um, well, in the second half, they they scooched up and sort of made up on the sofa. 
um, because the other sofa was occupied by three of the devs who we've seen before. So it was Curtis, um, Max, who's like the uh, the trainee graduate programmer, you know, and uh, Robin, who heads up the uh, the sound team, and the missing dev, Tom Tom Kuehl, um had devised a quiz. Um, for everybody, so the, yeah, it was the... only missing because the sofa wasn't big enough <clears> for the four of them. Yeah. So the second half of the live stream, I mean, you can watch it if you want, but uh, I, I kind of my my interest waned at that point. Um, did a did a little quiz with uh, sort of Pictionary and what's that dingbats, and um, they gave you the answer and you need to provide the question. So that occupied about an hour, um, and that was that. Or the old classic, I'll take Where is Raxler for 15 credits. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they did that, and um, then they said bye-bye. And they'll see us again, well, actually, on Thursday, the 17th of August, uh, two days before ECM. Um, just a, a, a little update on ECM. We um, sold out earlier. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, there was a late flurry of we, we had we've been sitting on about five or six tickets left for about a week now, and um, we put up the notice. So, hey, it's only a month away, and all of a sudden, all the tickets went. Um, so we we dug under the sofa, and and Flossie found down the back of one of the cushions um, uh, five more tickets in the reserve list. So we put five more on, but I think at the end of those five, that's just about it. Um, short of having some grease and a shoehorn and some of those sort of <laughs> Japanese train pushers, we're not going to get anybody else into the event. So, yeah, we, we are a Nats whisker away from being absolutely full. Um, <coughs> we we updated the list of what's going to be going on at the event as well um, because we've, we, we made a lot of progress and um, we, we've added a lot more multiplayer games, things you can play four-player. We've added the racing wheels. We've added more to the retro, including Stephen Usher actually resurrecting the hybrid music system, which he's been putting up on Twitter and um, on various uh, Discord pages as well, and having it play polyphonic tunes using BBC Micro. And you're looking at it thinking, hang on a second, that's ancient, but it doesn't sound as old as ancient. Um, so, yeah, he's it, done a really good job resurrecting some of the old retro kit. Um, we might, we're probably, most probably hoping to resurrect the docking darts, fingers crossed. It might be making its reappearance. Um, but yeah, in general, everything's going well. And we had a big team meeting on Sunday and plans are looking good. Uh, so I'm going on holiday and I'm going to come back and go straight to ECM. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Um, then <clears throat> handing over to, I don't know whether these were, were Mia questions or uh, Litho questions or Chicks questions. Did we have any space news this week? Oh, James. I don't know. Oh, there is. You, you've got to announce it properly. It's dun, 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 dun. space news. Space news. Um, who's who's managing Monsieur Pond to to make our little space news jingle? No one. That, that'll be That's nobody. Why it hasn't been well, there. we did we did sort of you, put it with him. Yes, yeah. we'll we'll get one sooner or later. So, so I yes, he'll give us one in due course. I managed to get Ooh, a few tickets to an event this week, was at, which was at the Royal Geographical Society, and it was um, in a in a BBC World Service series um, mm. called The Engineers. And this time it was Lunar Engineers, so quite a quite a lineup there. So we had Howard Hughes, the manager of the Orion program for NASA, 
was there. Um, is he over the whole germaphobe shoeboxes for shoes? Uh, sorry, uh, yes, but he's sending the spruce moose up there. Yeah. Uh, no, not Howard Hugh. Um, Sarah Pastor, who's the project manager for the Lunar Gateway IHAB, which is one of the, the key sort of four modules of the Lunar Gateway. Uh, Libby Jackson heads up. She's the head of space exploration at the UK Space Agency. And it was all... Well, that's uh, what, they're all quite senior then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was compared. It was presented by Kevin Fong, who does a lot of this stuff. And mm. Kevin Fong is a particular overachiever because he's got two PhDs. Um, is that, Some is people. It, is that, oh, no. He's actually a doctor. He works at yeah. UCL. He's an anaesthetist there. Um, and he used to work for NASA, so he's got a, a PhD in astrophysics as well. God, some people. Um, but it was very good. And they talked about um, Artemis. They talked about the Lunar Gateway. They talked about what's going on at the moment, um, how it's all going. It was really interesting. So Lunar Gateway, um, it's, there's a lot of arguments about Lunar Gateway. Half of NASA say we don't need it, and half of NASA say it's a great idea. Um, so it's a it's an orbiting station around the moon. And the point that sort of brought it home for me that Howard Hugh made was if you go from Earth to the International Space Station, that's you know 250 miles up or so. If you go from Earth to the moon, that's about a 1,000 times as far. Mm. And then if you go from Earth to Mars, that's a 1,000 times as far again. So Lunar Gateway is all about doing things in in small steps rather than giant leaps here because we've done that before nobody wants to nobody wants to tread on armstrong's toes um so unless you're counting delta v in which case orbit is about halfway to anywhere well it is but the thing is if if you still need to get out of the gravity well so they were talking about using lunar gateway um as a as a staging post and and this is this is the argument as well if we're going to go why don't we go the whole way um also uh, using it as a, you know, as a stopper. It's not a, not a permanently manned space station like the ISS. It's it's, it's about an eighth of the volume because obviously getting stuff up there is <clears throat> is not just expensive but difficult. And you've already got an ISS. So and all the experiments that will be done at Lunar Gateway will be stuff that you can't do on the ISS. If it can be done on the ISS, it won't be done there. So what they're doing is really moving out of Earth's magnetosphere, and um, and you know. Uh, taking the next step out. A um, little bit from the Artemis 1 mission, if you remember that, it all went swimmingly well, apart from everything that goes up in, into, uh, certainly Artemis, uses a star tracker. So it, it's basically an imager that looks at the looks at the sky and goes, well, I recognise that pattern, that stars this, this stars this, so therefore I must be here. And that's how you determine where you are, because there's no GPS in space. Although they are planning to put a GPS system around the moon, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and they got up in Artemis 1, and when the, the two stages separated um, from the from the Orion vehicle, there was so much debris floating around. The star tracker went, nah, don't recognise that, no idea where I am. So they're going, where is this a telemetry problem is it you know because it's not something you can um replicate in a in a ground test so anyway it kind of made up its mind after a while all of a sudden it said oh we're here because it, it it stopped looking at debris and started looking at stars and uh yeah, it was good loads of great questions um they talked a little bit about going to mars and the difficulty of that 
um, lots of talk about irradiating astronauts and you know st stick six or well, four people stick him in a in a sealed capsule for nine months and see who doesn't murder who it's really going mouldy doesn't it when they irradiate them because it works with food so. <laughs> yeah. it's really good really interesting yeah sounds like a good lecture mm. so did you go yeah i went i, I <laughs> sorry I, well, I, I invited David, but he, he was otherwise engaged. So, uh, as David frequently is. So, I took a friend of mine whose wife works in the space industry. She worked on uh, James Webb. All oh, right. Um, works over at Harwell. Very nice. Built satellites and stuff. Um, who wants to do Irish catch? I suppose I can do it, but. Uh, so do you remember? We may even have a website for this. Two weeks look. ago, we I very briefly mentioned that <clears throat> some fishermen out, out of I think it was somewhere off uh, County Kerry in Ireland had had caught found a, a virgin in the water. They had, yeah. Except it turns out it wasn't a virgin because virgins say, "Nah, that's not it's not ours." Um, and nobody's really um, owning up to. Uh, this this chunk of space debris being theirs, you know, nobody's coming along and saying, "Can I have my rocket back, please, Mister?" Um, so everyone's a bit baffled, which just says to me, it's it's like a bit of a Polaris or a Trident missile or something. It's probably. It's also not an engine, from the look of it. So um, not sure where the people crediting the photograph got the idea it was a rocket engine from. But well, the well, back end's got some exhaustion, <clears throat> maybe. If you look at all the news websites on this, all the text is virtually the same and all the pictures are the same. So obviously one yeah. news um, purveyor has mm -hmm. picked it up and, and splashed it around all the different websites. And I know nothing about this next one. The next one is an Indian catch. Mm. The next one is a very similar story of some fishermen in India that found something what washed upon a beach. And nobody knows what that is either. Except it's definitely metal, and it might be from space, or it might not. And it's kind of crumpled at one end. And I'm not saying it's aliens, but... It's aliens. But it's not going to be aliens. I remember... Oh. Is it the same story where there was some guy saying, oh, they need to stop dropping space vehicles on Australia, and uh, somebody could get killed, and blah, blah, blah. blah. I think, Hang on a minute, mate. He's probably went down yeah. in the Indian Ocean, or you know, the satellite mm -hmm. graveyard in the South Pacific. Yeah. And it washed up on your beach, because that's what tides do. Seems likely, doesn't it? Although, dropping satellites on the Aussies, well, you know, you dropped 384 yeah. for uh, four wickets on the Aussies, that's that's good too. <clears throat> Got any, any Australians yeah. in the chat now? Any, well, I think they're all having breakfast. Anybody who understands cricket in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Ho-ho, badum-tush. Anyway, well, there's a there's a third bit of space news about space rockets gushing everywhere, or at least landing pads, which was oh, the yeah, um, <clears throat> the latest bit of um, testing for the SpaceX. What do they call it? Starship, mm -hmm. um, because they they were told they weren't allowed to launch it anymore unless they stopped it blowing huge holes in the Earth's crust. And destroying most of the uh, state that it's in, so they've been told they have to use one of these um, sort of the big water. I mean, they've been around forever, where they launch millions of gallons of water as they fire the rocket engines, and so they've had to test that this week, 
Um, so uh, I don't know whether it does do the the play thing. I think further down, um, Amelia, if you scroll downy 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 bit, um, it might show the little video. Uh, see also, no, keep going. No, it's not going to show you the video. Oh well, there were other oh, it is. There's the first test. Anyway, were they were they um they they test fire without the rocket on top of it. The 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 water dispenser. I don't is know this how many gallons. Packet, yeah, no, it fires billions test. of gallons of water all at once. And um, in theory, what's going to happen is the rocket uh, engines are actually going to vaporize the water, so it's not going to end up very wet. It's just going to end up very steamy. And um, mm. that will stop them blasting a hole in the Earth's crust, which is what they did last time, and it'll mean they'll be able to get their license back so they can launch the next Starship. But, yeah, so we, we don't know. Um, they haven't got any time scales yet. So here we go. The um, It produced 70 million pounds of thrust at liftoff, and that, that put a big hole under things. 25-foot deep crater last time. So they reckon that if this gets signed off and this test goes well, they could fly again in about eight weeks' time. Uh, but there is a lawsuit from the FAA about them destroying most of that chunk of planet Earth with their enormous rocket. So as soon as they get signed off from the FAA and they prove this big water fountain, then they might be good for about eight weeks' time. Um, so sometime sort of September-ish, maybe late September, they might be able to launch the or have a go at launching it. And, and not dropping it back to Earth and make a big dent. Um, so, yes, I think that was it with the space news. Okay, right. I think, is it my turn? Nope. No, it's not my turn. Nope. That's just as well because I've well, shut Well, if you have to ask the question. <laughs> That's good you know? because I've shut, I've shut down that tab. All oh, right. Well, uh, Amelia, Amelia, would you, would you like to introduce, you and Flossie introduce this next little bit? Ah. Well, we have mug winners, don't we, Flossie? We certainly do, yes. Shall I do a drum roll for last week's mug on... winner first? Yep, last week's was... M. Gray. And this week's mug winner is... Scratching Me Knackers. Well, when he's finished, is, is that the, o or the, the pseudonym of the the older gamer? T O G, streamer, the it? older gamer. Scratching Manakas, I believe, is the pseudonym of the older gamer Tog T O G, who oh, broadcasts right. from somewhere down in Australia. So, talking about, do we have any Australians? Well, he's certainly yeah. down in that neck of the woods. So, uh, yeah, well, well done, Tog. Come yeah. on, space junk. So, <laughs> to um, claim your mugs, you need to send emails to. I took part at com with pictures of your, to prove who you are, your cockpit with yep. your name. Um, address. And, and it, yeah, you contact the, your address. And a phone uh, number for shipping updates would be really helpful. If you forget it, I'll ask for it. But yeah, that would be helpful. Okay. Yeah. And phone number. Yeah. All right. So if you get, that, those emails sent in, the mugs will be sent in due course. Right. Very good. Um, can I jump in there with Word of the Week? Word yes, of the Week. Do. If you look yes. at your screen, you'll see that um, there's something there that needs to grow into its paws. <laughs> and its ears. It's a wow. tiger, and it's, it's not the one it that's roaming around Berlin at the moment. This, this is look the thing. 
she's she's actually not got stripes she's got spots like a leopard it's just that whenever i end up taking a picture of her she's kind of like leaning over or sitting down yeah, and so it looks like stripes but it's not it's actually spots like a leopard i'm, I'm look, gonna look desperately... at a back leg a back leg you can see there's all spotty yeah i'm gonna yeah. try and get a, a a side picture of her at some point when she's stretching or something and you'll see it's, yeah. it's like a it's like a jaguar that... Slash that leopard. does look like a stripy tail, though. So yes. we, we've gone the... from not a dog is a bear to not a cat is a tiger. It's a... Or a leopard. <laughs> it's a leopard. Slash leopard. The, the only stripe she's got is actually black stripes on the end of her tail. Um, and, the, of course, mm. the little stripes on her forehead. Yeah. And that's the only stripes. The rest of her is all spots. Nice. Chookity. <laughs> but um, right. she's she's actually not so vocal now. She's not screamed into the microphone all night. She's settled oh, she's down. Doing, she's doing well then. She's doing really well. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping to take her to DaveCon, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, you need to take her. I gotta phone the hotel and everything first. And see. Can you take? Do you take tigers? <laughs> well, they take dogs, so, and she'll you be on a tigers? she'll be on no. a leash. You know, yeah. she's got she's harness. She's than most dogs. Yeah, she could have yeah. most dogs. <laughs> do you, do you take tigers? No. What about leopards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Can I do word of the week. Yes. What's the word yeah, of the what, week? What's that? My emotional support tiger. <laughs> just a <laughs> mental image. Yes. What of the week is? truculent oh and what does that mean and it means well it means eager or quick to argue or fight aggressively defiant oh can no, you use it, it in a sentence please i certainly can use it in a sentence the locals at hutton became quite truculent when someone suggested the station should have a large pad <laughs> oh, okay so there we go anyway oh i've got one for you oh who loves hamburgers and ants oh, i know this one it's Jeff, it's isn't not, it? It's not Jeff. It's not Jeff either. It's <laughs> Ronald it McCartney. It, no, it's Ronald McCartney. <sighs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> so I, I guess we now move on to Flossie with the CG news. Are you ready, Flossie? I am, yes. <laughs> Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. Last week's CGs. Deliver rarities for Azimuth event and maintain security in Ziwanga. Trade CG completed early Monday evening UK time and the bounty hunting CG finished at the scheduled time early this morning. Uh, the bounty hunting one finished at between tiers 4 and 5. With 145,012,694,752 credits earned. The top 75% of each CG will receive one pre engineered overcharged gimbal AX multi cannon with auto loader, medium, 
The top 50% will receive two pre-engineered overcharged gimbals AX multi-cannons with autoloader medium. The top 25% will receive two medium and one large overcharged gimbaled AX multi-cannons with autoloader. These should now be available in the relevant outfitting for each CG. Even I have one, but I don't want it. I wish I could give it away. <laughs> uh, they're also available for purchase at the Rescue Megaships. There are no new CGs this week, but there has been a Pilots Federation alert on Galnet. Uh, the hunt for the dedicant. Traces of a distress call from the dedicant megaship have been detected in the LP714-58 system. Vice Admiral Amir Rafik, a spokesman for the Imperial Navy, broadcast an announcement on all public channels. An Imperial scout ship travelling through LP714-58 has intercepted several fragmentary signals. Their identifying markers confirmed that they originated from the Delicants. We believe there has been an encryption error in the system's communications beacons, which, is prevent which prevented the distress call from being rerouted to its intended destination in the Federation. Officially, the Imperial Navy no longer performs joint operations with our federal counterparts, nor do we involve ourselves in the activities of the illegal Fargod cult. Nevertheless, we are sharing this information as a humanitarian gesture. Our hope is that this may aid a rescue mission for those trapped aboard the lost megaship. The Dedicant made an unscheduled hyperspace jump from the Popontia system on the 15th of June, while imprisoned members of the Order of the Fargod were being transferred on board to be relocated in the Alliance. Executive Agent Yalen Locke of the Federal Intelligence Agency released a statement. It is unexpected to receive any kind of assistance from the Empire, but on this occasion we are grateful. Three security teams, comprised of 50 agents each, are currently on the dedicant along with over 8,000 cultists. This is the first indication that the megaship remains intact and that our people are calling for help. Um, we. Uh, FAIA specialists are en route to the LP714-58 system. However, deciphering interstellar comms signals is a difficult and time-consuming task. We would appreciate any assistance from independent pilots if they are able to detect any further messages. And that's it for this week's JD News. Blossy told you what to do. Before we move along, we have been asked to remember, Flossie, that we also have a CCCG ongoing after our last uh, broadcast, what was it, two weeks ago? The All community right. created community goal. In that, I... <laughs> um, Commander Volcarius was asked, well, where should, where should we go kick thugs? Ass. Asp. Anyway, and, and I think uh, Wagakwan Wanga Kwan, uh, was chosen. And um, now we have a, a CCCG, 
to add to our regular one, that we need to um, get it out of recovery to such a state as they're able to mug it or maybe send in the chicks and mug it as well. There's so a so that's a problem the... with that, that uh, Shay Blackwood mugged it all on February the 5th. No. So that's um, <clears throat> that's the Wagamama system. The, the Wagamama system. Okay. Well, um, we, we just need to mug it again, just in case afterwards. But yes, yeah, so if anybody wants to do any recovery missions, then Wanga Quan apparently is the the current focus for pushing Wagamama. it out of recovery and 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 fixing it, mainly because it's All got right. a silly name. But so there you go. I'm I'm supposed to be doing an event thing for this, am I? Well, no, we'd forgotten that we, we'd asked for a CCCG because we had the week off, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, but yes, we, yeah. we, we, we spoke to Valkarius and Valkarius said, nominate one. So we did. Um, yeah. And then we've only just realized we'd already mugged it. But anyway, we're going to mug it again just for fun. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, on the next one, particularly if there are no CGs, we might have to add the CCCG of mm -hmm. how we're doing in, in Wangaquan. And if Valkarius maybe could keep us up to date with our progress, if there's any such information, then that'd be marvelous. Um, there, of course, uh, it won't finish early. It'll finish bang on time. And um, there aren't <laughs> any rewards like extra AX guns. It's just <laughs> for the fun of it. Right. Yeah. I'll, have a, just have a for the I'll look into that. Okay. <laughs> oh, apparently it sort of completes automatically. So what we have to do to take part in this CCCG is absolutely nothing, Flossie. Mm. Right. And because apparently it, it completes itself automatically over time so yes this is such a good one you don't even have to take part in it but we're going to monitor it how about that until we can mug it okay because volcarius said so there we go well i'm going to hand back to sandy crevice right that that sounds like my kind of cccg sit sit back have a glass of something cold and watch it happen without you yeah and speaking of things that happen without us um galnet news is happening without us or not happening with us so it's time for the Hutton Helper results. Welcome to the Hutton Helper results. The Hutton Helper results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with all the Stockholm Syndrome you could ever want. This week we have the following events. The Bad Guys Hideout Shield. The An Ear in the Post Cup Winners Cup. The Handcuff to a Succession of Radiators Challenge. The SWAT Team Through the Door Deja Vu Trophy. The An Apology Officer's Ransom Survival Challenge. And the Bundled Into the Back of a Van Extravaganza. So. Let's hope they raise the ransom money. The Hutton Helper results are Val Silvana jumped 21,000 light years to come first in distance travelled, and then Exhaler jumped 25,000 light years. Old Coal PC sold 7,000 tonnes of cargo, and then Torquay Mouse sold 87,000 tonnes. Cyber Socrates is top mission runner with 496 mission points, and this week, it was Cyber Socrates again with 443 mission points. Attic 2 handed in 55 million credits worth of bounties and then they submitted 111 million. Schrodinger Cats handed in 220 million credits of combat bonds and then Happy Moon Monkey submitted 4.3 billion credits worth. 
And then Ace McCool destroyed 12 Thargoids. And then Okayam destroyed 57 Thargoids. Last but not least, Round delivered 2,760 people to their various destinations, and Heruwar then they're transported 107. So, decals for, get ready, Val Silvana, Old Coal-PC, Ace McCool, Round, Schrodinger Cat, Trekkie Hickey, for data cashed in, Miggles, 314159, ooh, everybody loves a bit of pie, for Ore Mind, Exhaler, Torquey Mouse, Okayam, Heruwar, Flossie 2 for Ore Mind, Ooh. and Val Silvana for Object Scanned. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a hacksaw, an oily rag gag, and a briefcase full of money. There have been six Hutton runs in the last seven days, and they are Steve King did three runs, the best of those is 1 hour 24 minutes and 4 seconds. Tao Z did a run at 1 hour 25 minutes and 2 seconds. And then Bandicoot did two runs, the best of those was 1 hour 26 minutes 17 seconds. There is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing. Litipulated, desalinated, sugar, mitigated, exploded, launched, verified, motivated, evacuated, ejected, manhandled or women handled, deliquest and then smeared, deflected, emphasised, bundled into the back of a hauler, lasered in the face, snuffled, flip-flopped, mistranslated to and from Scottish, frothed, chilled, mugged, ginned, wrapped up with a pretty bow, ship shop rescued, stewed in their own juices, battered and deep fried, dead dropped, painted and rolled down a hill, destroyed, bought, phoned in, squeezed, inflated, patched, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, then recombobulated, mutinied or mutated, headbutted, eviscerated, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, murderized with an S, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, but then reallowed after consulting VR, loved, adored, meowed at repeatedly, cherished, probinated, and you can fetch yourself a very hot and deep a very fetching hot decal for doing it. To get involved, just go to hot.forthemug.com and sign up for the spectacular hut and helper available in three mendacious formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than having a ransom paid to keep you with your kidnappers. That's it from me, back to Studio 5. Sorry, is it me? Thank you, Mia. And now we'll go over to Amelia Hawk for the Galnet Verse Digest. Seamless. You are about to listen to Amelia Hawk. She tries all the galaxy's most dangerous rare items, so you don't have to.
guess I'll be right this week if we go cat. So, a blast from the past from 3306. This week I'll be diving into the large pot of beans that is the galaxy's rare coffee selection and discovering heady aromas, heart rate adjusting brews and the exact process that makes each of these rare items quite so expensive. Coffee is one of the more abundant products in the galaxy. Having been discovered on Earth, as legend would have it, in the ancient coffee forests of Ethiopia, by a goat herder named Kaldi, who gave some to a nearby monastery who swiftly discovered that it could keep them all awake all week during their rituals. Coffee was rapidly adopted by most of civilization to the extent that dependence upon it was commonplace. Wars have been fought over coffee, deals brokered. Coming in for a coffee after a night out has become a euphemism for potential horizontal joggery. And whole cultures have staked their financial futures on a bean. Your common or garden coffee bean is prolific, growing planet side in the hydroponics facilities under suns or just about of just about any colour. A more vigorous bush you're unlikely to find just about anywhere. Its ability to, to survive in just about any environment is only surpassed by the dandelion. There are four brands of coffee marked as rare goods. In the Galapedia Rubic Rubicia, Rubicia, per. The first sample on my desk here is Any Nay Coffee from Libby Orbital in the Any Nay system. Originally sneered at as a cheap coffee substitute, it isn't exactly made from beans, or in fact, uh, the coffee plant at all. The cunning bushy substitute doesn't have a bean, but instead some very juicy roots. And it's from these roots that the herbal leafy tips that the coffee flavour stems. It is, as it says on the tin, an acquired taste with a thick texture and bitter flavour and lacks the required caffeine hit of a proper cup of joe. But for the bohemians out there that prefer their milk made from soybeans, their meat made out of vegetables and their shirts made out of hessian, it allows them to sip a cup of something that at least smells right whilst looking superior over their life choices. Second on my list is a genuine coffee bean. This one is a triumph of style over substance and proof that you can convince humanity to stick just about anything in their mouths as long as you market it properly. Have a great advertising campaign featuring stars of the silver screen walking through moody coffee plantations on a misty morning and of course looking sultry at the camera. Kin brand coffee has a decidedly nutty aroma and a, a lingering aftertaste, which isn't surprising as it's harvested not from the plant but from the droppings of the cat that nibbles on the bush, passing the beans through its digestive system and by a complicated chemical process excretes what they tell us is an improved bean. The cost of the kitten brand coffee is quite simply attributed to the labour involved in following a herd of cats around with a pooper scooper and sifting through their leavings. Is it rare? Yes. Is it coffee? Yes. Is it something I would rather not know where it came from? Oh hell yes, absolutely. 
to the land of fakery once again with Gumon Yupon coffee. What can I say? The gold embossed blend of chemicals by appointment to Emperor Hanks Duval is ostentatious and targeted at Imperial Yuppies. Young Yimpies, sorry. Young Imperial pilots who favour filofaxes and red braces. Made in a lab, freeze-dried and available in expensive capsules that fit the coffee machines in all Imperial ships, I can honestly say that the flavour reminds me more of a spoonful of warm mud than anything else. Serve to your enemies, or use it to stain documents so they look old. Our penultimate selection this evening is the real thing. Robust beans, roasted and ground in secret laboratories, brewed only with comet water. This is one of those most potent drinks in the galaxy. Guaranteed to restart your heart after a close encounter of the hyperdiction kind, relied upon by explorers ev everywhere to keep them going for just one more honk. Delicious. Rumours are that the Don himself uses it for an after-dinner affogato to die for. And finally, a coffee so rare that you can't actually buy it anywhere. Designed to do just one job. Keep Hutton truckers going on the long run back home. Hutton brand coffee is stronger, darker and richer than just about anything you've seen. One espresso will make your eyeballs vibrate. Two will turn, them, turn a galactic intern into a gibbering wreck in the office. Three, well, there are rumours that by the time your heart rate falls to triple digits, Sol will have gone Nova and humanity will be a twinkle in the eye of the squirrels that took over after they killed us all in a humorous furry accident. If you're given a bag of these beans, take great care. Wash your hands afterwards, wear a mask, and please don't go to a nearby war zone after drinking and challenge an entire faction to an arse-kicking contest on your own. In an adder. Uh, don't ask how I know. I've just eaten a chocolate-coated Hutton brand coffee bean, and I need to do a few laps of the station. Next week, we'll be testing We Meet Wheat Cakes. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We drink too much coffee, so you don't get the jitters. Yes, that's good stuff. Chickadee coffee. Yes, chickadee coffee. Yes, the kitten brand coffee. Do not, do not feed coffee beans to your kitten. Okay. That would be very silly and very naughty. Yes, very, very silly, very, very naughty. And well, if it has any effect on her like it has on us, then probably dangerous on my part. <laughs> yes, a kitten with the zoomies. Yeah. Did somebody forget yeah. to tell that guy who fed them to some kind of cat and it shits them out and it's supposed to be a devil? Have, have you never heard of a palm civet? Yes, it's, well, that's it's, what I'm referring to. It's technically yes. a cat. Technically. It's, it's like a weasel, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it is technically 
of the Felis uh, genome, yeah. you know, genus. So it's a cat. Technically, doesn't look like a cat. You them up. Well, we we could it just point our Dysonator at that it and, and you know no. squeeze the trigger and see what happened. You know, the one in our Artemis suit, and it tells us about genus, doesn't it? And species. The mm. uh, what was it? The genetic sampler. So yes, find find one, point your genetic sampler at it. I think it only works on the plant or not. Yeah. Do we get the Latin name? Does the Latin name come up? Catus Catus. <laughs> Felis Mooncacus. Yes. Felis Mooncacus. <laughs> They're more closely related to mongooses than cats. Yeah. Are they mongooses or mongeese? Or is it mongai? <laughs> no. No, you're thinking Mong of funguses. It's mongooses. Or is it mongo? No, it's mongooses. No, that's Ming. That's Ming. What yeah, was, Ming um, from Mongo. What was Mongo in? Oh, it's Blazing Saddles. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mongo. Uh, <laughs> there we are. The Asian palm civet, Paradoxunus hermaphroditus. Ooh. Bless you. the palm civet today. Hermaphroditus. Mm. Thing is a. Oh, vivid, a vivid, whatever that is, native to South and Southeast Asia. Or, or you could just just go with the kitten brand coffee native to where, where was that from again? Um, oh, we didn't say what system that was from, did we? No. We'll, we'll have to find out where kitten brand coffee is from. Does it have anything there about crapping out gold blend? <laughs> no, but there is a picture of somebody sitting in front of it with uh, coffee cherries. I think the gold blend couple had oh, it's, those it's cats. CD seventy five. There you go. That's where it's from. CD seventy five. There's some, no, there's there's a picture of one with a hand in front of it with a handful of these uh, coffee kind of cherry things and the thing's looking over as if, what do you want me to do with them? <laughs> Open wide. The kitten yeah. lying on the coffee. Pretend. Oh dear, that's a terrible picture. You can't show that picture. No, don't never show that picture again. Delete that picture. I need I need I need um yeah, oh, mind bleach now. Right. <laughs> anyway, well look. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you, Amelia, for doing the, the button mashing again. Absolutely, my pleasure. You're getting good at this now. I'm getting there, aren't I? I mean, we had a few hiccups today, but I'm getting nah. there. Sorry, sorry. Well, I did <coughs> notice that you deleted the apology officer. Uh, I, actually, I never included the apology officer. There's a difference. Yeah. Oh, we might have done Didn't delete the yeah. apology officer, is still there. They just didn't come down. Yeah, and I was, yeah, I was in that box at the start, if you remember. Yeah. With the no air holes and no cat litter. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll fix it for next week. No, you got, you got it may just be the, the, the apology officer doesn't pump the chair up high enough. Yeah. yeah. Apology officer is yeah. just below the green screen. There. Yeah, they're there. They're just sort of like just below the. Or, or above. Maybe you're hanging from the ceiling for a bit. You know, that's the coffee. <laughs> it does that. In space, no one can hear you squeak. Now, once again, and this is becoming a running thing, I'm not able to scream for the mug at the top of my lungs. Oh, father! Because I have a sleeping mooncake next to me, and if I do, I'm probably so going to get whisper, called to shit. We all shit. have to whisper really loudly for the mug instead. How about that? <laughs> should we should we do it in a sleepy, you know, sleepy kittens kind of way this week? I've been singing soft kitty to to her. Yeah, so she's quiet at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Well, don't wake, don't wake Mooncake up, because the last thing you want is a hyperactive Mooncake at bedtime. 
who's just woken up going, what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> right, well, on that basis, we're, we're all back next week, apart from the one of us that's going to be elsewhere in another country. Um, so um, we're going to say night-night, everybody, and night-night, mooncake. and uh, Night-night, mooncake. And um, are we, are we going to raid somebody? Are we going to sneak up on another stream at the end of this one? Hope so, because I'm still waiting on a paint job. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who should we raid? Is oh. is is a Stargoid live? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's have a look. Who's on? Who's, yeah. I'm too busy just... looking at, at Minky getting scratches. Actually, question is: Is somebody on an <laughs> A and B? Are they in the Elite Power Program? Jack well, Little's on. Jack Little's on. Oh, Jack Little is he playing? Is he is he playing with spaceships? I don't know. He seems to be on though. It says Elite Dangerous, let's have a look. Um, sorry, Little Grey, but Woolies doesn't seem to be online at the moment. I can't see Woolies mm. online. Uh, no, thanks for stopping me. by right now, working. But yeah, no, he's working. I don't know why he's online if he's working. He's stopped. Unusual he's become cupcake. not online now. Mm. So unusual, Jack Little... uh, unusual Cupcake's doing unusual Elite cupcakes. Dangerous. 506 okay. viewers. And unusual Cupcake. There we go. So you can finish your well, that's All in word. Yeah, that's unusual. Cupcake is ready to go. So, Amelia, yes. do, you to, do you want to? Don't use the klaxon. Use something soft. Something soft. How about? Awooga. <laughs> do not squeeze yeah, that'll mooncake. That'll be fine. That'll yes. be fine. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll do that again, and we'll have to whisper for the mug. Okay. Okay. For the, the mug. mug. For the mug. Mug. No journey too long and no cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the teenagers to the brim To the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Follow the back, follow the back. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow the back, follow the back. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song.
cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Buck, Father Buck. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. and gentlemen that's the end of the show everyone's buggered off now so why don't you bugger off too seamless